Kingdom Speakers, welcome back to another riveting episode. Let's go to battle today on Kingdom Speak. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Well, it's just us today. No more corn. No corn in the crib today. Mm. That was pretty good, though, wasn't it? That was was some stuff. I'm going to make a prediction for the end of the year that that one's going to do well this year Mm. on the charts. Yeah. You know, know, they say when musicians are recording a song, they just have a feeling sometimes it's going to be a good one. That was... I had that feeling last week. This is going to be a good one. Mm. It's going to be. But it's Friday, and we can't just keep playing corn all year. No. We we got to get back to what made this podcast. Meat. This, premium. This is the meat and potatoes. <laughs> That's right. A- <laughs> after a while, I no get sick. No garnishes eat- here. Yeah, I'd get sick eating corn after a while. We need yeah. to get back to some premium yeah, stuff. Sticks yeah. in your teeth. Oh. and oh. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, can, you can innovate for a while. What corn til- t- corn tortillas, corn fritters, yeah, popcorn. Oh, I mean popcorn, mm-hmm. popcorn. Yeah, mm-hmm. candy yeah. corn, candy corn. Yes, maybe we'll bring him back on candy corn season. That'd be sweet. I'm sure he's standing in another Chick Fil A line now, waiting for another invitation. He is. He is. We'll be there. Yeah, we'll meet up eventually. We'll but, be there. But guess what? We're uh, we have something else to talk about today. Uh, just before we get kicked off, I know you're excited to hear this, that I have another review to read. <clears throat> oh, that's good. Simply amazing, it says. Five stars. Whew. Too good. You guys make me want to go deeper into the word. I have been listening to Kingdom Speak for a year now. Mm. Glad to f- see you finally left us a review. <laughs> um, and there has been months. T- there's been times I've laughed, felt conviction, cried, simply hungered for more of the word of the Lord. Thank you for bringing the truth. You guys rock. And then mm. you put some flames there. So, all right, let's do it. Mm. And that is from App Critic Calm. App Critic Calm. App Critic Calm. App Critic Calm. Via. Is it an M or an N? Calm. Calm. Okay. Kind of like dot Maybe, com. do you suppose it's a website, appcritic.com? Maybe. Maybe not. Anyways, we mm. will say amen to you as you have left us a review on Kingdom Speak. And thank you yeah. for not being a lurker. After a year, you have left us a review. We will say amen to you at Critic.com. So where are we going today? Where are we going? Well, uh, I think, first of all, we need to talk about the... Uh, the contracts that we've turned down from other networks that have been vying for our well, attention. Well. Don't you think? Yeah, why don't you just let them into the space of a premium apostolic podcast. <laughs> Has that been a trip? Unreal. Wow. Unreal. Yeah. For those of you that don't don't know what we're talking about, that's the whole... Stephen Crowder versus Daily Wire airing their mm-hmm. dirty laundry. So my that, opinion on so, that, nobody like, asked me my opinion, but my opinion is that they're all trying to make money off it. No. Yeah. Oh, you don't suppose. Conservative media is still <laughs> yeah. media, is it not? It's yes. a business. Yes. Every click, every time you what, what, and every time he, you and I talk about it, they make money on it because somebody will now get our audience it. go look it up. Yeah. What's <sighs> what's the domain that he got? Stop. Uh, Big con. No. Yeah, something something con. What is it? I, I anyway, don't we don't need to tell them because they don't need to go. This is how much it gets talked about. I've never. Maybe I've talked about my mother-in-law once on this <laughs> podcast. No, it's going to be a good. It's good. Okay. But she literally called me up the other night. So I'm thinking, okay, what happened, right? Just randomly, 8, 9 o'clock at night, my phone rings. It's her. Derek, she says, what's going on with this uh, Stephen Crowder and Daily Wire thing? 
No, she didn't. I'm like, wh- <laughs> what? Do you even know <laughs> these guys? Uh, wow. Like, yeah. I listened to Stephen Crowder I, before he was even. I did learn something, though, that mm-hmm. slave wages have increased. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Wow. Um, yeah. Was it 50 mil over four years? Yeah, Three years. Four it's 50 years. mil, yeah, four years. You know, if your heart is being burdened right now <laughs> mm. to give to the Kingdom Speak Ministries. Yeah, we have a mug club. We oh, have that's a, the wrong mug. We would... <laughs> I would predict that we would not turn down fifty mil over four years. And you're 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 putting I, all our chips on I, the table. I will play it, and just go ahead and say it that we would probably not. So turn you're down. telling me if Biblos Network reaches out to us <laughs> and right. offers fifty mil over four years, that we will take it. I would record that conversation and I would take it. <laughs> you would. I would <laughs> to do the both. media. <laughs> really, really. You heard it. King uh, Biblos. But, yeah. I have been photographed in their studio, and it's possible. It's possible that we negotiated that very night. I, mm. I'm not going to divulge anything at this point. If they want to come forward and talk about what we talked about. Did you record the conversation? I have no comment. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, quite one, a thing. You know, one, one thing, uh, last night I was flipping through my feed and I, I, I seen a link to Crowder being on some, I don't know, this guy, pool or something. He's, he's got a podcast. Okay. Millions of subscribers and all this. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to Stephen Crowder to get his version of the scoop. Oh yeah. What a gong show. Our podcast beats them hands down. They spent the first five minutes putting their chairs up and down and <laughs> moving mics and, uh, it was it was crazy. Well, so if you're watching, we yeah. got a few pointers for you. Yeah, do that stuff before you go live. That's right, That's right, right, Randy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they they could learn something from us. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, and if you go back to just finish this up, but if you go back to when Stephen Crowder, even before he became louder, louder, <laughs> yeah, like he sits on a couch and just talks. Literally yeah. sits back on a couch and. It, it really his, his was. His buddies are in the room. and I listened to like three or four minutes of it, and I was done. I was like, okay, if you guys, <laughs> if you cannot get your mic, and Stephen Crowder was on the left-hand side of the shot. Like he wasn't centered. Oh, yeah. He wasn't nothing. I almost yeah. wonder if some of that's, they do Intentional. it. Yeah, like anti-production sort of thing. Yeah, because then they're going to go ahead and say, oh, this $50 million is not for him. It's for the production of this show. Huh? <laughs> You can't even get him in the middle of the shot. We need to build a studio. <laughs> Six GoPros later. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Honestly. Well, there's our rant for today. Whoa, I know okay. you were expecting wow. to. StopBigCon.com. How yeah. did we get there? StopBigKingdomSpeak.com. Yeah. Be careful with those getting excited over URLs. We could, sounds yeah. like, sounds we like could go good. viral real fast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Hey, speaking of that, we need to talk, tell our listeners about Derek, not oh. you. Oh. The other Derek. The other Derek. Yeah. So there's a member of our audience who yeah. uh, was doing the most Canadian thing ever, filming moose. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, that's what. Canadians raise your do. hand if you're in Germany right now listening to us and who hasn't filmed moose, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I forget the word now, but. Our listeners in Peru are going moose. Yeah, yeah. What is a moose? So it's a large beast, antlered species with swamp antlers or horns, maybe. Antlers. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. now they are antlers. Somebody just rolled over and slapped their podcast. (laughs) Stopped it. Here comes a one-star review. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, if you haven't, I don't know uh, what the URL is or the actual line on. How to pull it up? Something about what's, uh, what's his uh, adventures in the wild? Correct. Yep. Is that his? Yep. Look him up on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, and these antlers fall off every year. He is. Right? He is, yeah, they do. Yep. And he was filming with his drone. I mean, he's filmed that kind of stuff forever. Some people yep. are really into that. Uh, I really don't watch the stuff because I really don't care what moose do. But some people do, and uh, a lot of people do. Evidently, and he got video. 
the moment these antlers come off the moose. And trip. the cool thing about it, I guess what makes it unique is that they both come off at the same time. Right. Um, once they call them sheds. Yep. Not like the yep. thing you put your tractor in. No, because you, you, you bring them home and put the sheds correct. in the shed, Correct. right? He does. Shed he, shed. He, yeah. He has a shed. He has a sheds. shed shed. Mm-hmm. Not a he shed. It's a shed or a shed. she shed. Yeah. They shed. It shed. Yeah. And they fall off and hit the ground. Hey, well, Miles um, told us that when the moose shook both antlers off, it became a cow. <laughs> it became so, a cow. Oh, look, it's a cow. Yeah. So moose. So, uh, he told me last night, because, I mean, this has been started. It, it went here on local local networks, mm-hmm. CBC, yada, yada. Then he was approached by different, uh, I think maybe viral hog or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's gone ABC, Fox News, Crazy everything. News. So big shout out. Check it out if Derek. you have seen it. Check it out. Check it out. Check Adventure, it out. Adventures in the wild. Okay, have we filled our time in? Are we, we good? Yeah, you know what? That was uh, great to let's wrap up. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, <laughs> go ahead and subscribe. Hit the bell on YouTube and uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, yeah. Right. Adios. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Gideon for a bit this morning. Mm-hmm. Gideon. Gideon. Boy, what a character in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, seventh chapter of the book of Judges records uh, the portion of Gideon's story, chapter 6, really, in chapter 7, mm-hmm. that uh, we're just going to take a few lessons out of for today. Um, the children of Israel had this propensity uh, to do evil in the sight of the Lord. and and, and We they, don't do that anymore, And they though. put it on repeat. <laughs> That was just them, though, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. BC. Yeah. It's where, interesting to read a book where, back when time when humans did things that were evil in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. It's a cool story. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of back in the Noah day. And, yeah. Boy, and we I don't sure. have judges in our We've day. We've really cleaned oh, up man. our act since then. Right? We, don't, no, we don't need judges in our day. You sure. walk outside, it smells like Clorox wipes. It's just <laughs> clean, clean. <laughs> Oh yeah! There we go. Oh yeah! Right. Clorex for the soul. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> One of the most fascinating things to me, when you read about the cycle that Israel got into, mm-hmm. is that that they would do what was right mm-hmm. in their own eyes, but what they were doing was abominable. And the lack of consistent, righteous, anointed leadership in that vacuum Mm -hmm. emerged a perception problem that they would look at the situations that arise, they would respond, Hmm. and they would respond and go, this is the right response. Mm -hmm. And when they would respond, it was something that was evil in the sight of the Lord. judgment in a time of judges. Yes. Yeah. So uh, kind of the fulfillment of the scripture of calling that which is evil good and yeah, that which is good exactly. evil. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the base element and ability, that foundational ability to perceive that which is right, mm-hmm. uh, you, you better second guess. If, 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 if you are the only metric that you are measuring right and wrong by, you might should get a second opinion. Yeah. And it might should be a righteous opinion. <laughs> that Yeah. Because it could just be that God would view what you're doing as... Uh, the bad part about all of this is that if you ask them, they were right. Yeah. Absolutely. They didn't have that gnawing feeling in the pit of their stomach that what they were doing was... shouldn't with. be doing this. That is when like you are off the rails and you don't even think you are even close mm. to being off the rails. And what contributed to this cycle was the presence and absence, presence and absence, mm-hmm. presence and absence of a judge. Mm-hmm. So whenever they would have no judge, they would do that which was right in their own eyes. Yep. Then God would send a judge, course correction, mm-hmm. bring them back on track. Mm-hmm. So the setting for Gideon's uh, story where he is ushered 
onto the stage of being a judge is at the culminating uh, season of seven years Mm -hmm. of oppression Mm -hmm. from Midian. And Midian has been wearing Israel out. Hmm. So kind of like the stories of uh, the Philistines when they would observe Israel plant, you know, they, they would go through the cycle of sowing and reaping, and whenever it would become harvest time, they would swoop in and steal the harvest. <clears throat> and so you see a bit of this cycle taking place with Midian and uh, in the time of Gideon. So uh, part of the coping mechanism for Israel was to make their way for the hills, mm-hmm. and they began to seek uh, caves, dens, haulers, if you will, and say, now, maybe I can beat the cycle. Mm-hmm. And an interesting thing here is when God when God sends the adversary to oppress them, one of the ways that he got their attention was to remove their ability to increase. Hmm. So they could never, they could never capitalize on their investment. Hmm. So they would they would sow, but when it would come time to reap, that return on investment mm-hmm. would be plundered, and they could just never get ahead. Hmm. And although this is not the main objective of today's uh, discussion. I do think it's important to note that there are fewer better ways for God to get your attention than touching your wallet oh my. or your ability to increase. And so Israel's in this, this little economic funk because mm-hmm. of their lack of ability to do that which is right in God's eyes, but doing what is right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, Gideon, who adopts the survival tendencies of the rest of Israel is threshing wheat in a disclosed lo- a non-disclosed location mm-hmm. in a wine press and the angel of the Lord appears to him and uh, I want us to pick it up there in Judges chapter 6 all right let's read verse 12 and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him the Lord is with thee first thing he said is the Lord is with thee mm-hmm. Israel felt like they had been abandoned And so this didn't sit well with Gideon. How can it be that God is with me? I I don't see God's hand in nothing that's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. You're telling me God is with me? And the second thing he said, Thou mighty man of valor. You are a mighty Mm -hmm. man of valor. Um, Hmm. Gideon disputed that. Yes. Gideon is doing what he's doing because he's afraid. That's right. Gideon is doing what he's doing because he feels inferior mm-hmm. to the adversary that is on his heels. The last thing that Gideon feels is confident. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel mighty. He said, no, you're, you are a mighty man of valor. So there's going to be a, a few things that we raise out of the life of Gideon. And the first the first principle that I want you to notice is this. We realize that God sees things in us that we don't even see in ourselves. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. So even when we are afraid, God sees potential in us. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to the potential. Mm-hmm. He speaks to Gideon and begins to call the mighty man out of of the man that is trembling with fear. That's right. It's in you, Gideon. Has anybody ever had God call something like that out of you? Yeah, you look around, is he talking to someone else? <laughs> yeah. A little a little interesting footnote here is, he says, we are of the tribe of Manasseh. We are poor. Note that. We are poor. My family is poor. And I am the least in a poor family. Mm -hmm. The family that he was a part of was Manasseh, which ironically 
was the firstborn son to Joseph of an Egyptian mm-hmm. bride of whom Joseph looked at him and said, I'm going to call you Manasseh because God hath caused me to forget all of my toil. So here is the downline of the man symbolizing God's ability to cause you to forget what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And this man in that downline is mired in the pit of what he's going through. Hmm. And God sends an angel to him. This comes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago about how you can't trust your own memory. Uh, absolutely. Oh, we're just a poor family. Man, look up the, look up the line where you've come from. What's, what's the, uh, man, this is dating myself. I can't even remember who sung it, but whose report will you believe? You haven't heard that? I think maybe Brooklyn, Tabernacle Choir. I don't know. Maranatha. Mm-hmm. Whose report will you believe? So it comes down to who who, who are you going to get your identity from? Yeah, exactly. Are you going to grab the sticker that you printed off for yourself and go, I'm a poor man? Or are you going to embrace mm-hmm. what God has said you are, which is a mighty man? Go back and watch our episode on labels. Oh! Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Come on. That's that's for the veterans in the Ouch. audience. Yeah. If you know. If you know, you know. You know. That was a good episode. <laughs> Mike, check for the producer. You good? Yeah. Testing one, so two. long ago, I can barely remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Manasseh. <laughs> so God sees things that we don't. God mm-hmm. sees things in you that you don't see in you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we don't see them in ourselves because of the fear that is paralyzing us based on what we're going through. And so um, the story goes on in verse 22. Let's look at the next point. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Mm. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it, Jehovah Shalom. So notice the progression here. When Gideon finally perceives that this is not hallucin, uh, hallucinogenic. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. He's not hallucinating. He's not uh, dreaming this. Mm. He's not so weary and so afraid that he's concocting um, his own solutions. Mm-hmm. Okay, because again, remember they're doing that which is right in their own eyes. He he, he prepares food for them, and we're we're jumping over a lot of interesting details, but touches it with the rod, yep. up yeah. in smoke disappears. Yep. Yep. And he goes, "Wow, this this really is a is a deal. This the, this was God looking at me face to face." The Bible says at that moment that he worshipped. So there's something about the revelation that that that, that was God. Mm-hmm. Now, God is with me. The Lord is with you. I'm here. So it really is true. It really is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not uh, abandoned. I'm, I'm not forsaken. Mm-hmm. God is with me. Wow. Now I'm mm-hmm. going to worship. So he worships mm-hmm. and builds an altar. Under the Lord. He called it Jehovah Shalom. And he called it Jehovah mm-hmm. Shalom. Interestingly, that means Jehovah is peace. So we go from being paralyzed with fear to realizing that God is with you and that God sees something in you that you don't see in yourself mm-hmm. to worshiping that God and the result of those steps is that peace returns mm-hmm. unto you. The conflict is still there. The adversaries are still there, but now you know God is there. And so now you have peace. Um, and this, 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 this comes to us on the rails of the fact that he had built an mm-hmm. altar. That's right. That's part 
of that worship process is the construction of an altar. Mm-hmm. He knew how to build an altar. Mm-hmm. Now, it came to pass. The same night. In the same night. That the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, mm. and throw down the altar of Baal well, that thy father hath, mm. and cut down the grove that is by it. So here is a very interesting point, and this is a, the second principle that we are going to extrapolate from the life of Gideon. God tells him, after... He had perceived God was with him after he had built an altar Mm -hmm. and worshiped God and received peace. Then God says, now I have an assignment for you. That assignment is that you go and you begin tearing down the altars of Baal Mm -hmm. that your father had built. Go to every high place and tear down an altar. Here is the principle. You never destroy altars until you have learned how to build them. Wow, that's very good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, this, wow, yeah, that's, that's a pattern. Mm-hmm. We do not just need apostolic wrecking crews. Right. Well, this is going to come down. <laughs> okay. Before you tear something down, you better know how to build what is needed to replace what you're tearing down. Because the very next step in this in verse 26 is th- this is a two-part process. Mm-hmm. Tear down the altar of Baal. Yeah, and then build an altar. Ah, the Lord, thank God. And build. So build again. Again. Okay, what is the benefit of removing an altar if you don't know what to replace it with? Hmm. So reading this, it almost seems like he built twice. Of course he did. So for every one you tear down. Okay, the construction of a proper relationship with God, prayer, Worship. Mm-hmm. You need that built in your life before you go on a destroying campaign. We've seen this on political scales where governments are destabilized, mm-hmm. brought down, but nothing is ready to replace it. That's so right. guess what replaces it? Extremism. That's right. That's very true. Extremism replaces it. And that is is what happens if you tear down altars that you don't have one ready to replace it with. Because there's something about the altars that you build, you're building them rooted in a proper perspective. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. God is with me. Mm -hmm. The Midianites are not going to win. You are building them from the construct of a proper outlook on God and your relationship with him. Hmm. And so... By the construction of that, that keeps you tempered from becoming extreme. Oh, yes. Sure does. If you are just into destroying, well, I know Baal's not right, so I'm going to remove every high place. That's right. That is not sustainable. You turn into this demolition expert. (laughs) Right. Just wrecking everyone around you and destroying everything. Well... And once you have gotten, okay, the, the fruit of, of the first altar he built was peace. Once you, once you Im- begin experiencing the fruit of altar building to the true God, you will without haste destroy every other fake alternative mm-hmm. to that because the outcome that these altars produce pales when compared to what Jehovah Shalom produces. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the altars of entertainment, the altars of sports, the altars of media, the altars of uh, whether it be 
sexual uh, perversion, immorality, whatever pursuit it is, if you first, if, 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 if your attack on that is rooted in what you're constructing, mm-hmm. then it is much more sustainable. And as you tear it down, you replace it. And all of a sudden you realize that the altar that I used to worship at doesn't do for me what the altar that I built in replacement mm. of that does for me. And that makes it sustainable. So good. I've just checked my calendar while you were talking. So this is the last Friday of January. So by now, most New Year's resolutions are out the window. Right? Is this still a new year? Is, this, <laughs> is that what this is? I'm already is? prepping for next You're year. You're starting yeah. to make your list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But don't you guys find applying this principle to, to our very practical lives, you can say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. Right. But if you don't start creating some new habits to replace it and a new lifestyle and a new morning routine, that's something I've tried to improve in myself the last few years. Well, you just can't say, well, I'm, I'm not going to sit on my phone for 45 minutes every morning when I wake up. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to build those 45 minutes with other things. Yes. Right. And then you'll find you're away from that. So you're still tearing stuff down by replacing it. But you're constructing an alternative. So it's almost a bit of replacement theology. It sure is. Right? Sure is. Because vacuums are never good. They will Mm -hmm. be filled. Yeah, they will always be filled. They will always be filled. Mm -hmm. So before you remove that, know what you're going to replace it with. And there is very much a spiritual warfare component to what is going on. If you were to ask the average person, um, what did Gideon do? Well, Gideon destroyed the Midianites. He done it with a lamp and a trumpet and a and a pot of pot of clay. Phenomenal, valiant leader. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was not where the battle was won. The battle was won with ten men in the middle of the night removing spiritual strongholds Hmm. because in the kingdom of God, everything, well, not just in the kingdom of God, but for sure in the kingdom of God, everything works from the spirit back. Mm -hmm. So it's spiritual before it is earthly. It's invisible before it's visible. There you go back to what we talked about with brother Williams. Hmm. You know, not many people saw him tear down those altars. Right. Everybody saw when he pruned down the entire group of people. Absolutely. The carnage of the Midianites laying all over the (laughs) battlefield floor. Everybody wants Gideon at that point. But but in the same way that I do not believe that Jesus, um, I want to say this right, I don't believe that, that, that Jesus waited till Calvary to win that battle with his will Mm -hmm. calvary was already won in the garden yes yes okay calvary was the manifestation of the battle that was won in prayer in seclusion in privacy one-on-one with jesus well jesus yeah Mm one-on-one with his flesh his Mm -hmm. nature yep right Mm -hmm. so when when you are praying in private when you are going to those high places in private and we, we'll probably talk about this in future episodes, but I have been, there's just been this gnawing on the inside of me to get a better understanding of what idolatry really consists of because there is no way that it can be prohibited and cautioned as much as it is in Scripture for it just to be the fat little Buddha sitting on the shelf. Idolatry is a lot more sneaky than that, and I'm afraid that it makes its way into the ranks of our movement and our individual lives. So going into those positions of, 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 of spiritual strongholds and tearing that stuff down is what gives you the victory on the battlefield. It's, it's the Moses on the top of the mountain giving the victory for the conflict that's going on in the valley below. Hmm. So it always starts in the spirit and then reveals itself in the flesh. 
Very good, man. Very good. So let's go now to Judges 7. As the story continues on, let's look at the next thing that we learn from this. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him. Oh, oh. verse 2 first. Verse 2. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me. Ah, okay. Notice how he says that. (laughs) The people that are with you are too many for me. Too many. So, so, so now we again have another perception problem. Yeah, we have Gideon bringing what he thinks he needs to get the victory, and we have God telling him that's too much. So here is the uh, uh, the next principle. What are we on the third one that Gideon gives us? Yeah. Is that seldom does it take what you think it does to get the victory? Too many, man. It's too many. Thirty-two thousand is not too many when you compare it with the host of the Midianites that he says he uses terminology that Israel uses about the sons of Anak when they go in and scout out the promised land. They're like grasshoppers. They're everywhere. Interesting. Everywhere. 32,000 men against that was not too many from Gideon's perspective. Hmm. But I love how the Lord speaks to him. The people that are with thee are too many for me. I don't want you leaving this conflict thinking that your own hand saved you. Oh, man. I don't want you thinking that you pulled this off. So he wasn't even, it's not even about the battle. It's about how you feel about how the battle went. Yeah. Yeah. It's about when this is all over, you have to have the proper perspective on how this happened. Well, and who gets the credit? Because it's all about glory. He doesn't like sharing his glory. Hmm. So he, he puts them through a series of tests. And and the first one is the fear test. And so God hmm. God tells Gideon, ask, the, out of the 32,000, who's afraid? Bro, <laughs> 22,000 people. Now, you got to understand, these people have been living in caves hovels Mm -hmm. for seven years they're poor they don't want to they don't want to fight against midian 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 has been Mm -hmm. plundering them of course i'm afraid (laughs) okay and he goes all right back to your holes in the mountains Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now he's left with ten thousand, and god says that's still too much so go down to the river and give them the water test See how they handle this. And so there's a bunch of them that just shove their head down in the water and drink. And mm-hmm. He goes, uh, all right, everybody that did that, send them home. 300 men scoop the water up and lap it up so that they can keep their eye on the battlefield. They, they, they're, they're, even when they are sustaining themselves, they are never losing sight of where they are in the conflict. And he said, that's the men that you want. And so he looks at him and says, now with these men, I am going to bring the victory to you. With these men. Be no doubt now. <laughs> oh. So you don't, you, you don't need the majority. Yeah, great point. To win the battle. Another big topic, yeah. You don't you, the church thrives from a position of the minority. Man, that totally attacks the mindset of well, if we were just a little bit of a bigger assembly. Yes, it does. We had a little bigger choir. We bring the fire on Sunday. You know, we're only six people. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, what we're going to talk about that more in a minute. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up another point here, mm-hmm. and it came to pass the same night, Judges okay, 7, and, seven nine, and 9, that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Furah thy servant. But if thou fear... Now, i got a question to ask you. If you've been following the narrative, mm-hmm. God just told Gideon, to ask the 32,000 who was afraid. Yep. 
and 22,000 said, that would be me. And he sent them home. Gideon is one of those folks. He's still afraid after. Yes, he is. He is afraid. That's what he said. If you fear, go down. Well, did he go down? He went down. He went down. Okay. So God is still picking up the element of fear that is in him from the threshing floor. It's Mm -hmm. been there the whole way through. So a, a, a very, a very. Notable question to ask is how come he didn't get sent home? An interesting point here is that when you're called to something, Mm -hmm. there are times God makes you push forward through the fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people that are following you that are afraid may get a pass, but when you're called to lead, you have to lead through the fear. So he will make you face your fear. Mm -hmm. So he says, Gideon, I want you to go down if you're afraid. And Gideon goes, yep, that's me. So instead of sending him back, he sends him down. Mm -hmm. Go down to the enemy's camp. Hear what they are saying about you. Notice the synchronization of the divine and the human Mm -hmm. elements here, the eternal and the time. The synchronization here is amazing. He gets to the tent just... Oh, yeah. What are the chances? Coincidence. <laughs> Coincidence. Mm-hmm. He gets to the tent just as they are going, man, you know, this guy says, I, I had this dream last night. He describes a cake of barley tumbling down a hill, mm-hmm. hitting his tent, knocking it over, and he hears the interpretation. Mm-hmm. And the interpretation that was given was, this is the sword of the Lord. Or, sorry, this is a sword of Gideon. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's like, "What did he just say?" <laughs> and Gideon is like, "What?" He didn't say it out loud because they would have heard him. And we have another moment where Gideon gets a revelation: a man that is afraid, just like he was at the threshing floor, mm-hmm. that got the revelation that this really is God. And God really is with me. That's right. And I'm going to build an altar because of the revelation that I got. And I'm going to worship God because of the revelation that I got. This man is afraid again. He hears it. And what does the Bible say? And it was so, 715 of Judges. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation (laughs) thereof, that he worshiped. Ah, he done the same thing again, minus the altar. He couldn't build the altar, guys, because it would have just been too noisy. It would have given him away. But the whole way back, <laughs> he worshiped because he had a fresh revelation. God's with us, and not only is he with us, they are terrified mm. of us. Mm. Okay? Now he has that confidence that's been missing. He has that faith. We are ready for this moment. And what's he say next? So he returned to the host of Israel? To the, huh? The host of Israel? The host. Mm-hmm. Just a minute. I thought we've just been through a severe downsizing. <laughs> so you're suggesting maybe... His perspective changed. Notice the transformation. <laughs> yeah. When he got, got that revelation. I got you. He yeah. looked at 300 men no longer as inadequate. Yeah. He now looked at 300 men as a host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not lack. Mm-hmm. This is plenty. Yeah. I think this is where we need to hold the co-host accountable for his Bible bombs. Oh, so you're going to help the audience out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, he missed a good he, he one. He missed there. one. Yep. So good. How can 300 people be a host? It's incredible. Yeah. It's impossible for 300 people to be a host. But when you've just heard what the adversary Man. is saying about you, yeah. and you are worshiping, mm-hmm. you realize yeah. little is much. Oh, yeah. Little. If God is in Boom. it. Yeah. Yep. Little is much. 
the situation doesn't change, you do. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. It do, it's not going to take what you think it's going to take mm -hmm. to get the job done. God can do more with your lack than you can you think he can do with your plenty. He returns. That's a podcast right there. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's amazing. He returns to these 300 guys and he says, all right, all right boys, I got something for you. Yeah. I have a pot. Mm -hmm. I have a lamp mm -hmm. and I have a trumpet. Yeah. And we're fixing to go fight. <laughs> Now, these guys didn't go down and hear what Gideon heard no. by the tent. But Gideon is in full advance mode, man. Like, we are He's on. He's ready to go now, yeah. We're on. He's ready to go. Like, I get the barley thing, which the application of the barley cake is so applicable because that's what poor people ate. Mm -hmm. that, was the, that was the commoner's meal. And, and that resonated with Gideon, who was the poorest of the poor. He threshed wheat before. The dream had all of the symbolism yeah. that it needed to give mm -hmm. Gideon the confidence mm -hmm. that God was going to pull him through. Mm -hmm. Okay? So as he's handing out to the 300 men a pot, a lamp, and a trumpet, mm -hmm. and he's telling them, we're fixing to charge Midian. <laughs> there's, no oh. there's no slings. There's no stones. There's no spears. There's no swords. We're gonna there's get no them shield. On yeah, we're going to get them on the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he splits them up into groups of 100 and says, a 100 over here and 100 over here and 100 with me. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be the unfolding of the events. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to roll. On cue, we are going to break the pot that is covering the lamp. Mm -hmm. Okay, the, only, the purpose of the pot is is to let us get into position without revealing our position. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to break the pot. The lamps surrounding the camp are going to give them the appearance that we are bigger mm -hmm. than what we are. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to blow the trumpet. Mm -hmm. And when you hear me blow the trumpet, I want all of you guys to blow your trumpets. And then what did he say? In and verse 18. say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And then say, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. So go to verse 19. Now let's, let's read. So Gideon, uh -huh. the hundred men that were with him, came to the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies, uh, sorry, I jumped a line there, and held the lamps mm -hmm. in their left hands mm -hmm. and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they cried. Mm -hmm. What were they holding in their hands? Well, there was, they were standing pitch, around, uh, surrounding their feet is broken clay from the pot. That's right. They now have a lamp and in a one hand, mm -hmm. a trumpet in the other hand, mm -hmm. and they are shouting mm -hmm. the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading this and I'm going, wait a minute, where's the sword? Hmm. You are shouting about something that you don't possess. Mm -hmm. You don't have a sword. All you have is a broken pot, a lamp, and a trumpet. That's right. But you're shouting about what you don't possess. Wow. I'm going to say that again. You're shouting about <laughs> what you don't yeah. Possess. Woo! You're not mourning and moping about what you don't possess. You're shouting about the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and you don't have a sword. 
So you don't need it to shout about it? Well, uh, well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Right? There's another podcast. <laughs> so when you go when, when you go looking through scripture at the sword, the sword was was, was indicators of who was who was gonna win. It, it, it's how you enforce boundaries, it's how mm-hmm. you it's how you mm-hmm. advance. Even Jesus looked at his disciples and said, You need a sword. We only have two up. Oh, ah, that's enough. That's, that's mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. The very first conflict in conflict in human history, flaming sword in the hand of a cherub, enforcing the boundaries and protecting the way to the tree of life. There's something about people that have the sword that have the advantage. And the Philistines thought they could control Israel by removing their weapons. That's right. So they removed the smith from Israel. Yep. And said, There. Now they'll have no swords, they'll have no spears, they'll have no weapons. We'll be able to control them. Mm-hmm. I have good news. You need to quit obsessing about the weapons that you don't have. That's right. That's the statement, mm-hmm. the sword of the Lord and of Gideon was not a confession of what they possessed. It was a confession of who they were partnered mm-hmm. with. It's not what they possessed. It's who was working with them. When you read the account in Exodus of God leading the children of Israel out, Pharaoh falling headlong Mm -hmm. into the Red Sea, Mm -hmm. mountains of water on each side. The guy had to be brain dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times has he gone down to the Red Sea and saw that? But guess what he said? We can do this. And there's, there's so, we could spend so much time here because there's even an admonition against woe to you that go down to Egypt mm-hmm. and you ask of their horses and their chariots and you put your trust yep. in. Yep. He, he, he cautions yep. against that yep. because if you're not careful, you'll be so obsessed with weapons yep. that you'll go to Egypt to get them. And to do that, you have to break partnership mm-hmm. with the guy who makes mm-hmm. up, I don't say that disrespectfully, with the God who makes up for your lack. Mm. Okay, and you're back to the same thing that we talked about earlier. You're giving credit to the stuff that probably yes, credit. Yes, mm-hmm. Pharaoh is consumed in the Red Sea, but he's coming after them with his sword. Mm-hmm. With his sword, he's coming after them. But the Bible says that in uh, Exodus 15 and two, mm-hmm. I want you to just read that to, to to bring this point out. The Lord is my strength and song. This is the song they sang when they came out, right? Yes. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, Mm. my Father's God, and I will exalt him. I will exalt him. Verse 3, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord Mm -hmm. is a man of war. Mm -hmm. When you are partnered with a man of war, Mm -hmm. that's worth more than weapons of war. Mm-hmm. Oof. Men of war are worth more than weapons wow. of war. Lots of bombs today. Lots of bombs today. Yep. And obviously, I know you're 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 harboring on this thought, but it, it seems to be our nature will be to try to find that thing that works. Yes. And we just keep going back to it, right? And if we're not careful, it will undermine our dependency on the man of war. Wow. Wow. Right? Hmm. Which comes back to the point that you were raising a few moments ago. Gotcha. Yeah. About how if we had had a bigger choir. If we had. If we had. Yeah. If we had a better sized youth group. Yeah. If I was in a church that was a bit stronger. If my pastor preached this more. If. My wife, if. Oh, you can even go even to more practical, you know, well, if my family would have, or if I would have had a better dad, or if I'd have had oh, a dad. Exactly. If, 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 if. Exactly. Yeah. That's just a big hole that you can just it is. live your life in. And you you look at every conflict you're in, mm. and you, 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 you uh, excuse your lack of victory. Bingo. There it is. Yep. Based on the lack of weapons you have to get it. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. all the while failing to realize if you'd walk with the man of war, you'd get the victory. Right. He'll use whatever is around. Uh, yeah. Right? Who said you need a wagon to get the victory? Right. Who said you need a chariot to get the victory? Who said you need a horse to get the victory? Who said you need a sword mm-hmm. to get the victory? When God is on your side, that's your greatest advantage. Mm. The man of war is your weapon. <laughs> <laughs> The, as we wrap it up, no end of content today. Ah. Everybody is, everybody got your money's worth today. The sword of the Lord in Gideon was really more of a rallying cry. It was a the proverbial battle cry mm-hmm. that that Gideon was shouting. This is a God thing because Gideon knew. Now listen, the importance of this cannot be overstated. Don't just run headlong into every battle with a clay pot and a lamp Mm. and a trumpet. The reason this worked is because they were with the man of war. You're right. The reason this worked is because God was with them. Mm -hmm. And if God is with you, the jawbone of a donkey will work. If God is with you, 300 foxes tied together, set on fire, will work. If God is with you, a stone will work. If he's not with you, your corpse will lie mm-hmm. surrounded by the, shru- the, the shrouds mm-hmm. of a clay pot and the glowing ember of a lamp and a beat-up trumpet. That's not what got you the victory. The man of war got you the victory. Mm -hmm. The man of war. But if we're not careful, our allegiance is to weaponry rather than the man of war. Our dependence. Oh, man. Our dependence. So so at this point, the, the admonition of this principle from Gideon is use what you've got. So you don't have a church bus. Use the minivan you've got. Mm-hmm. Right, make two trips. Yeah, you. So you you, yeah. you don't you don't have yeah. the funds. Use what you've got. Do what you can because you're partnered with the man of war, and he can do it. Now, interestingly enough, when they did this, they shouted, mm-hmm. broke the pot, lights on, shouted, blew the trumpets. Midian comes out of their tent going, uh-oh, mm-hmm. this is not good. And they grabbed every man his sword. Now, here comes the sword. And what those men of Midian did not understand is that morning, when they were strapping on their sword, they didn't realize, but they were strapping on the sword of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because... As Gideon and his 300 men watched, they began to attack each other. What a sight. every man slew his brother with his sword. Hmm. There may be times in your life that the sword of the Lord is actually in the hand of your adversary. And unless you are ready to, to engage your adversary with what you have, you will never see that what you thought you needed was in the hand of your adversary, and they were going to take care of it for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's okay that you're outgunned. Probably is. <laughs> Just as a point of observation, mm-hmm. this has futuri- futuristic implications, prophetic implications. Because when you start reading about Gog and Magog, Mm -hmm. and they come, and God gets angry, in Ezekiel 38, you just read it. Mm -hmm. He says, I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God, Mm -hmm. and every man's sword shall be against his brother. Once again, 
The sword of the Lord is going to be in the hands of the adversary, and they're going to take care of each other. So I don't care what opposition that you're facing right now. Mm-hmm. Use what you've got. Mm-hmm. Let your light shine. Blow that trumpet. Shout the battle cry, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And watch God do for you the same thing that he did for Gideon and his 300 men. You are not inferior. You're not in lack. You're not just 10 people. You're not just 30 people. You're not just 300. You're a host. If two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You and what you've got plus the man of war is all that you need to get the victory.